Welcome to the Research Briefs Podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Streveler, Professor of Engineering Education in the College of Engineering at Purdue University. In Research Briefs, we'll speak with engineering education researchers about what their lives are like, what we're finding out, and how their research is being used. My guest today on Research Briefs is Dr. Stephanie Farrell. Stephanie is a professor and founding head of the Experiential Engineering Education Department called Exceed at Rowan University. We asked her to speak to us about Exceed at Rowan and her experience as the founding head. Stephanie, welcome to Research Briefs. Thank you, Ruth. Can you begin by telling us a bit about Rowan University, the Exceed program, and how you came to be the founding head of Exceed? Sure. Um, I'll start with a little bit of background about Rowan. Um, We're a comprehensive public research university in southern New Jersey, and we're located about 20 miles outside of Philadelphia. We have now about uh, 20,000 students total, and Rowan has a long history as a primarily undergrad undergraduate institution with a strong regional reputation. Um, Recently, over maybe the last 10 years, we've changed dramatically and we're now the fourth largest, sorry, the fourth fourth fastest growing public research university in the country. The Henry M. Rowan College of Engineering is celebrating its 25th birthday this year. And um, we, we started in 1996, um, welcoming the first students into four different engineering majors. And now we have about 1,500 engineering undergraduate students in six different engineering majors. Um, I was the founding faculty member, of, uh, I was a founding faculty member in chemical engineering when I came to Rowan in 1998. And I grew up professionally in that department. I stayed there for 18 years until I launched Exceed in 2016. Can you say a bit more about Exceed? Rowan's undergraduate engineering program at the time had matured to a certain level. We had gone through a couple of accreditation cycles and um, we had gained national recognition and high ranking for undergraduate programs. Um, Enrollment had more than doubled in the few years prior to to starting Exceed. And um, so we were kind of entering a new phase and um, there were some logistical and pedagogical challenges that were associated with that rapid growth. Um, But that really provided a lot of exciting opportunities to develop something that was more scalable and, and flexible and could maintain our emphasis on a multidisciplinary um, undergraduate experience that was really high quality and innovative and hands-on. So um, we were focusing mainly on the the program in the first two years when we were thinking about Exceed. Um, But another another thing that factored into it was the, the rapid growth in the research direction. And we saw that as an opportunity to grow engineering education research. Um, It really seemed like it made sense for us because we had this really strong tradition of innovation um, and with with research based practices. Um, So it made sense to grow that engineering education program and link it 
with practice. And so it aligned with our core strength in undergraduate education and the newer emphasis on research growth. One thing I found really interesting as I was researching your program a bit to do the podcast was the idea of engineering clinics. Could you just say what those are? So the engineering clinic sequence is kind of the, I would say it's the hallmark of the Rowan Engineering undergraduate program. So the clinic sequence is an eight semester sequence of of courses that all of our engineering students take. These are students work on multidisciplinary projects, they're hands-on and and they work in teams. So it's scaffolded throughout the curriculum. So students start by working on smaller, shorter projects. And then as they progress uh, through the years of the curriculum, the projects expand and become you know, more complicated in, in scope. So I think it's really an exciting idea to think about um, you know, starting a research program that'll really look specifically at your clinics and ask the very context specific questions you would have for your institution and then be able to feed that back in. That's a, that's a really cool idea. Um, So I know having been a part of one of the early groups of faculty at Purdue, when we were starting up the engineering education PhD, that starting up a PhD program is a lot of work. (laughs) So, um, you can you, you know you said a bit about the the reason why and why it seemed to fit. Um, can you say about what you where you are now and what you think some of the unique features are? I would be happy to. Um, so. We spent the, after Exceed was formed in 2016, we spent the first few years really uh, revamping the clinic sequence in the first two years. So those are the courses, the undergraduate courses that, that we teach. And um, in where we're starting to build our engineering education research program. Um, after a few years, we got to the point where we thought we were ready to have PhD students. Um, we, you know, we had gotten some funding and we had a core of faculty and we were ready to, to bring in doctoral students. So we launched a program um, just this last year, 2021. Fabulous. So you are accepting people now. Yes, we are. Um, how have you decided on what kind of courses those students should take? So we, you know, our focus of the the program is really on this kind of, you know, research to practice piece, sort of translational research that can fit into the classroom. And, um, you know, as I, as I mentioned earlier, our teaching is innovative and experiential and, and so we, we, you know, we're doing a lot of research that, that translates into the classroom. Um, so we, we tried to pick courses that fit well into that focus. Um, we started by doing some benchmarking and, and looking at what other programs offer um, to make sure that we were offering, you know, a solid core of, of engineering education courses. Um, but it was our curriculum was built with evidence-based practices in mind. 
um, and and we have a, a focus on community. So the the courses um, we we started by leveraging um, some courses in the College of Education. We're really fortunate to have a very well established. College of Education, and they have some great courses on um, educational research methods. So we leveraged those courses, and then we focused the development of our own courses on um, things that were sort of our our strengths. Mm -hmm. So effective teaching is one of the courses, um, engineering education fundamentals, and a research design course. Mm-hmm. Those were the first ones that um, that we focused on. Our approach to developing the courses, um, we had a lot of fun doing this. So we are a very collaborative and team-based department. And so we all work together to develop all of the courses. And the first time we offer a course, we co-teach it. So at least two faculty are co-teaching that course together. And we feel like, you know, this approach brings in multiple perspectives into the development of the course. And then when we implement it, we have at least two perspectives on the implementation. Um, So that seems to be working really well for us. Yes. And then, too, you know, you have at least two people that are qualified to teach it. Um, so you can alternate or person goes on sabbatical, you have, uh, a, you know, a, a bigger a, a group of people that can teach it, which is, which is really useful. Yeah. We haven't spoken too much about you as the head, and I definitely wanted to highlight the department and let people know about that and kind of get the word out. Um, having known some really great people from Rowan over the years and just, you know, what a, what a really inst- cool institution it is. But um, I also really like thinking about the researchers and the, what some of your characteristics are. So um, how do you how do you think the experiences you had prepared you to be a founding head, being willing to be a founding head? Um, and what advice would you have for people that want to think about, you know, maybe I could start something like that too, but it's pretty scary, but how, how can I prepare myself? So what, what would you share about your own experience that you think would be useful for folks? So, you know, I had a a long path um, towards becoming head and it wasn't something that I ever really envisioned doing, but the opportunity came up and it scared me a little bit. It was pretty daunting. And so I thought, well, you know, if it's daunting, it's probably a really good thing. You know, there's some risk involved, but the reward would be even greater. Um, So that's kind of, I I think some advice I always give myself is, you know, if if something seems daunting, it's probably something I should try. And, um, you know, this really aligned with my passions and it aligned with um, Rowan's strengths. And I thought it was really important to the future of Rowan. So I really saw the value in it. And, um, so I decided to, to take it on. Um, so I think, you know, in, in terms of your asking about 
you know, my, my, the experience or characteristics, I think of how, how it prepared me to be ahead. I think really it was my experience with taking risks and, and taking on different opportunities throughout my career. And it does seem like the university mission was kind of aligned with the start of that as well. Um, so I, I know that always is a very useful thing as well, that the, the environment is, is ripe for something like this. Right. I, I think it's really important to, you know, to align that. It seemed like a good idea, but I thought very carefully about how it aligned with the, the university's mission and our strategic pillars, um, you know, because it is an investment of resources. So um, you can't pursue, there are a lot of good ideas and you can't pursue all of them. Um, and, and so, you know, it had to be something that really aligned with uh, the direction that the university was going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also think a founder really needs to be able to rely on their team. Um, you don't have to do it alone. Um, if you build a great team of people with strengths and perspectives that are different from your own, um, you can together, you can embrace a we can do this kind of mindset. Um, and a founder or any leader should be able to recognize and, and really value people's strengths and give people the space and the opportunity to do what they do best. And if you really, you, you should really value the contributions of your team members because you're, you're doing it together. And I think that's just a, just such a really important idea. Um, a good team is everything, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, do you have advice on how to create a good team? or recognize a good team? So I, I think one of the most important things is, is really to try to surround yourself with people who, um, who have different strengths and different perspectives. You know, I, it, it's kind of natural to seek out people who, who agree with you and who are aligned and, and similar, but I think the strongest teams really embrace difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sure that's something that you folks uh, also emphasize in the engineering clinics, that a diverse team is often a stronger team, right? Yes. Yeah. We're very intentional about that. So, Stephanie, can you tell us a bit how you came about being a chemical engineering professor in the first place? Sure. Um, so, I... I studied chemical engineering for all three of my degrees. And when I was studying for my bachelor's degree, I really loved, um, I loved learning. I loved discovery. Um, but I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do after I completed my degree. And so my first job after getting my bachelor's degree was working on a research project, uh, to develop a needleless injector for a measles vaccine. And I got really excited about biomedical research and, um, and, you know, the discovery of something new. And so I decided to go to graduate school. So it was very early in my, my, um, master's program at Stevens Institute of Technology, I got a chance to teach a summer program for middle school girls. And I was um, supposed to introduce them to engineering and get them excited about engineering. And I thought this was a great idea. I never had an experience like that. I didn't know what it should look like. I didn't know what kind of project middle school girls would um, be interested in. 
So I thought about it and, you know, I, I was doing a lot of homebrewing at the time and I thought, well, that's great. I'll teach them how to make beer. Um, it's got a lot of chemical engineering principles. It could get them in the lab and it's pretty easy to do. So we, we made beer and of course, I guess I don't have to say, but we didn't drink it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, and they loved it. And that was kind of a, a really defining moment for me because I knew at that moment that teaching was going to be a really important part of my professional life. So let's uh, follow your pathway one more step then. And uh, how did you get interested in engineering education research? You've told us a bit about how the idea of teaching really uh, inspired you and He's like, yeah, this is something that's going to be important. But obviously, you can be a wonderful teacher and not be interested in doing research about it. So how did that come about? Right. Yep. Um, So for me, it was really quite a long and gradual process, but I know exactly when it started. And that was when I was nearing the end of my Ph.D. program. And I was at NJIT for my PhD, and we had a seminar speaker, Susan Montgomery from the University of Michigan, and she came and she talked about research on learning styles in engineering. And um, I was with my my friend, uh, another PhD student, Anne-Marie Flynn, and she and I were really excited about this talk um, because this was the first we ever heard about educational research in engineering. And so we had coffee with Susan to learn more about her work. And um, she told us about the American Society for Engineering Education. And so Amory and I decided that we would go to the conference that summer. And so we, we paid, we, we funded ourselves to go to ASEE. And um, at, at ASEE, I really felt like I found my people. You know, I found people who had similar interests. I still didn't really know what engineering education research was. It was really just um, starting to emerge as a discipline at that time. Um, But I found people with similar interests in teaching and learning and scholarship around that. So that was how it started. Um, And then as a faculty member, you know, I, I really started out doing a lot of like scholarship of teaching, innovating in the classroom and, and doing some scholarship around it and moved gradually from that towards engineering education research. Um, you might remember, Ruth, that I attended the rigorous research in engineering education workshop way back in 2011. So that was kind of another transition point. Um, and then I did a Fulbright in um, engineering education at Dublin Institute of Technology in oh, 2015, wow. right before I started Exceed. Oh, fabulous. Yeah. Fabulous. Um, and it, it sounds like really Rowan is, is a, a wonderful collaborative place and uh, your colleagues there have helped to nurture and uh, provide positive feedback on the things you've been doing and here you are a founding head. Rowan is really, a, it's really a special place and it's special because of the people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's, it's our team and our graduate students and our undergraduate students. It's really special. That's, we have fun. You, you know, that's, 
it's too bad the listeners can't see your big smile when you say that. But yes, you can tell that you are very sincere about that. Um, and that's a, a wonderful place to be where you can be supported and have fun and do what you love. So Stephanie, this really does sound like a, a really wonderful place to be. And I know your program is growing. So if there are prospective graduate students or prospective faculty, um, where can they find out more about the program and um, who should they contact? So you can find out more about the program on our website. And so if you Google Rowan Experiential Engineering Education, um, you'll come up with our department. You can also find it by uh, Googling exceed, E-X-E-E-D um, at Rowan Engineering. And anyone who has questions can reach out to me directly. My email address is farrell at rowan.edu. And farrell is spelled F-A-R-R-E-L-L. Well, thank you. We will. I want to also let the the uh, listeners know that we'll have a link to your program up on the uh, the website that Engineering Education at Purdue um, maintains. So that that'll also be a place they can find information. Great, that's very helpful. Thank you. You're very welcome. So Stephanie, it's been really a pleasure, and thank you so much for sharing yourself and your program with us. Oh, thank you so much, Ruth. It was great to speak with you. Research Briefs is produced by the School of Engineering Education at Purdue. Thank you to Patrick Vogt for composing our theme music. A transcript of this podcast can be found by Googling Purdue Engineering Education Podcast. And please check out my blog, ruthstrevler.wordpress.com.